So in today's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be running through the concept and the practice of creating a vision. Creating is maybe not even the right word because the vision is already within you. It's already, bit of Jonathan Ross there, it's already within you. Instead, what we're actually going to be doing is just bringing that to the surface and removing various layers of conditioning and beliefs in an effort that we can actually see what is truly important to us, what inspires us, what subsequently motivates us, and then how we can pursue that with renewed vigor, purpose, and intent, which is ultimately what many people aspire to have when they talk about planning. They're looking for a new level of drive, determination, motivation. They're looking for heightened discipline and just for it to be slightly easier to take the hard right over the easy wrong. And I'm here to tell you the only way in which you're going to be able to do that, irrespective of what planning matrix you use, what methodologies you employ, the only way for you to increase the energy that you have to pursue the thing you want is to really clearly identify what it is that you want. Now, I'm going to start with, I guess, a couple of caveats. Vision has been given, uh, well, it has somewhat negative connotations owing to concepts like manifestation, where if you if you believe it, you can achieve it, etc., so on and so forth. Ultimately, that is not true. And a little known fun fact is the uh, the woman who came up with the concept of manifestation, who wrote those books and authored those books, um, you know, the, the secret and, and other such fucking nonsense, um, actually then got herself in quite a lot of bother by suggesting that people who were a victim of a tsunami had manifested that tsunami upon themselves for homosexuality. So that gives you an understanding of how short-sighted and ultimately ridiculous lane of thinking is. And it's not something that I'm going to subscribe to, at least in this season of my life. And uh, it's not something that I would recommend that you get involved with either. Now, obviously, you're free to do so if that's somewhat antagonistic to your belief systems that you currently have. That's absolutely fine. I encourage open debate around this however it typically does more harm than it does good and i want to avoid that whole camp of people that believe that you know you can you can just believe it and it will just happen for you and if you wish for it enough it will happen because it fucking won't you do still have to do the work however creating a vision is just essentially creating like an oasis is creating something that's poignant and meaningful and exciting and inspiring enough for us that we are encouraged that we we build um, the momentum and we are happy to take the risk and make the sacrifices required to facilitate that. And if you haven't spent the time and invested the energy to iterate what is important to you, then ultimately you're never going to be able to access those top percentile levels of effort, energy and clarity for that very reason. So the reason we're discussing this today is because I truly believe that driven men need to see growth in their future, in all domains, in their family, in their workplace, in their you know, athletic endeavors and pursuits, we need to be able to see growth. Now, if you're listening to this, the chances are you've been training for an amount of time, you're probably you know doing relatively well from a, a professional perspective, and you may well have a family as well. Imagine if you didn't think your family and your children were ever going to grow up, how intentional would you be when you, when you spent time with the children? Not ever so. Again, with your work, imagine that you were never going to have a promotion. There was never something you could uh, aspire to achieve. It was never the next thing. How motivated, how inspired would you be to turn up on a regular basis to outperform your KPIs, to do whatever is necessary. Same if you're a business owner. In fact, even more so if you're a business owner, how how much energy would you invest on a daily basis in to, to, to iterate new solutions and be innovative and, and lead the marketplace and really grow your business, improve your delivery, delivery and fulfillment? Well, you wouldn't at all if you couldn't acquire greater remuneration, greater impact from that. That is the reason why you're often doing it. And again, if we look at our, our training endeavors around athletic pursuits, how hard would you attack every single run session if 
if you knew you could never run a faster time on your half, your marathon, your, your ultra, whatever it is, how hard would you attack? How intentional would you be in your weight sessions if you knew you could never add weight to your deadlift, if you could never bench press heavily, if you could never accrue new tissue and build muscle? You just wouldn't. If we don't see growth in our future, then ultimately we are not inclined to, to lean into that discomfort and lean into that pain. Whether or not you like it, if you don't understand why you're doing it you aren't going to be inclined to want to give maximal effort humans don't grow into pain and when i'm talking about pain here i'm not talking about the physiological you know or very short term or acute pain that you get in a training session like many of us actually find a great degree of comfort and a great degree of almost like sadomasochistic pleasure in that i certainly do i like to put test myself and i like to put myself in the locker and, and i would suggest you do too i'm not talking about that kind of pain i'm talking about the almost existential pain of, of wondering where are you going in life what is the meaning of all this you know what am i achieving etc so on and so forth and if you're listening to this you know you sort of like mid to early 30s going on to 40 then you probably had those thoughts at some point in your life of like fucking hell like wherever the last 10 years gone what am i doing what are the outcomes i'm actually striving towards and that is why i'm creating this podcast so you can begin to unravel where you're currently at so you can begin to create something like a vision moving forwards and ultimately you can iterate successfully in the pursuit of that. So as we've now established, driven men do need to see growth in their future in order for them to be inspired by it. So this is what we've referred to as setting kind of stretch targets. And I'm not going to go into the granularity of the tactical application of this today. I'm going to be talking about, you know, high contour strategy of how we can begin to create a vision. But one thing you ought to know heading into this is the optimal kind of average stretch percentage for us is roughly 4%. And what I mean by that is right now you have a level of ability, you have a level of capability and a level of comfort we aspire for you to be four percent outside of that comfort zone on an average over a kind of 12 month cycle now there's a couple of things that can happen if you're extraordinarily ambitious and very driven and i'd suggest maybe you fall into that camping category if you're listening to this then you'll be like four percent sounds fucking shit mate i'm going 20 right and, and that's that's a very usual uh knee-jerk reaction from people like you and i type a people who you know we always think we can, we can tolerate more and we think that more is better however what will happen then is you'll get overexcited in the neurological sense of the word and when you have too much excitement then it, it spills over it spills past um you know being good and being positive and keeping us sharp and keeping us inspired and, and enhancing neuroplasticity and all the things we actually want and all it does is it overwhelms you and the way in which this will turn up is you know you're not gonna be like a, a, a shaking cowering mess in the corner being overwhelmed because you set too high hard a goal you'll simply procrastinate you'll avoid stuff you feel overwhelmed you won't know where to start and it's not conducive to you producing your best work and iterating frequently in, in the pursuit of that. And you've probably experienced that in the past before. If you set a really high, hard goal, just feeling almost like a rabbit in the headlights when you try and initiate the process because it seems so monumental, so magnificent, you actually don't know where to start. So that's why we're looking for that 4%. The second thing that can happen is it's too insignificant to stretch. You know, it's maybe 1% or 1.5%. And an example of this is if you're already capable of running like a 5K, for example, over 25, 30 minutes, you know, like, I'm going to do a half marathon. Ultimately, that's not that much of a stretch for you. You know, if you don't, I'm going to do a half marathon in six months it's really not that much of a stretch so as a result you're not particularly inspired or excited by the concept of training for it you subconsciously understand there's like well i don't actually really need to apply that much effort because it's going to be relatively easy for me to do this even to get like a two-hour half marathon it's not going to take that much training so you begin to become a little bit lackadaisical you become a little bit disengaged you become a little bit complacent and that's also not good for your well, your mental health and well-being it's not 
but if you're trading your purpose intentionality it's not good in alignment with the growth you want to see in your future because you'll behave in a way that maybe isn't the greatest version of you so just like water too much is as bad as too little and we want to get just the right amount and it's important you understand that now when we head into the process of setting your vision now there tends to be four main reasons why people either haven't already or will avoid creating a vision and setting out their plan for the future if we want to call it that if we want to call it an alternate name the first to put it quite simply is that it can be enormously intimidating if i was to ask you well what do you want with life <laughs> like it becomes one of those existential questions the likes of which you see in movies and then if you break it down to the micro in terms of how you'd even begin to work on that question you'd probably be sat there looking at a blank piece of paper with pen in hand thinking well where the fuck do i start or you know having a word document open and just typing a couple of words like maybe the title of like my live vision and then it, it doesn't really go anywhere from there it can become enormously intimidating and it's important that we take that into consideration and i definitely have when i come to talk about how you can actually invert that and use that in your favor a little bit later on in this podcast but know that's the first reason and if that's been you there are a great many other men with whom i've spoken who have avoided it for exactly the same reason it's because it just feels like such an intimidating task which leads me neatly on to the second point which is what we refer to as fopo or fearing other people's opinions okay so you might be familiar with fomo which is fear of missing out fopo is exponentially more harmful and damaging to your mental health your well-being and ultimately your future vision and goal now fopo or fearing other people's opinions is exactly as it says on the tin it's worrying about setting a vision about creating goals for fear of what other people are going to say about it now this is extraordinarily common like unbelievably so and we're going to again later in this conversation talk about a couple of ways in which we can remedy that but in order to just get straight to the point think about what it is that you might truly want to achieve whether it's having that house or that car or that job title or leaving this environment to go there being with this person rather than that person, leaving a like whatever it is that you want. Understand that the shame is in the shadows. Even though you're perceiving or you're telling yourself, oh, everyone will think this or everyone will think that. Actually, it's often just one or two people. And you can probably, if you sit down and you're happy to be very honest with yourself, very open with yourself, it's probably one or two people whom you can actually name. You might be like, oh, my mum would say this if I do this. Or uh, Steve at work would make this joke in the office if i were to do this okay and then just fucking say it out loud so if the shame's in the shadows let's find a shine a big old fucking spotlight on it and say right i'm not going to live the life i aspire to i'm not going to pursue my vision for what a good life would look like because my mother's opinion about that will make me feel embarrassed and say it out loud and immediately you'll probably crack up into into a mild fit of laughter because like, that's fucking ridiculous is that person's opinion more important than my right than my ability than my yeah my fucking right to live life on, on my terms so much of what we do in the hard to cure program is about sovereignty is about the fact you have a fucking right to freedom now it's not often going to be given to you sometimes you're going to have to do a bit of pushing and shoving and take it back and this is one of the ways in which you do that pushing and shoving i'm not suggesting you go up and shove your mother over or shove steve in the office that's not what i'm talking about it's a metaphor here but sometimes you're going to have to ruffle a few feathers if you want what you really want and if you're terrified of other people's opinions then you know we're going to touch on that a little bit later down today but know that's the second reason why people are held back from actually creating their vision in the first place is they think people are going to laugh at them take the piss out of them or undermine them the third reason why people are avoid this deep vision work is simply that they don't know how to do it you know as i spoke about a moment ago you've sat down with blank pen and paper and you've tried to write a couple of things or you've opened a word document and got as far as the title but then ultimately it's kind of fallen by the wayside and you simply have never been shown how i'm a huge advocate of the fact that well you can't do what you haven't been shown how to do and
unfortunately I learned that the hard way when I was growing up on a farm where you kind of fucked around and found out and you got corrective information by means of a slap around the ear if you fucked up and did something wrong and that is not conducive to you becoming the best version of yourself again return to what I said about that four percent stretch in, all, in order for us to actually do this and create your vision the first stretch you're going to have is learning to do something new and learning is hard because you're typically bad at it until you're not so this is almost returning to academia and academic practice for a lot of you is, is learning to sit down to you know have control over your impulses to pick up your phone and scroll or open your emails or play with your dog or do any of a number of different things that are easy distractions that are taking you away from this this deep work which is ultimately probably one of the most highly leveraged activities you could be doing on a monthly if not quarterly basis to ensure you're moving towards the man you aspire to be and last but not least reason number four why people tend to avoid working on their vision is that they have tried in the past they haven't been able to see it through for a number of different reasons they've called it a failure or they've perceived it to be a failure so now subconsciously they've marked it up as something to cordon and avoid because to draw something out to write up a plan to create a goal and then to try hard honestly to try hard towards it then it not to come to fruition can be painful emotionally that can be difficult to deal with and we're going to talk more about that about mechanisms of self-sabotage in the next episode of the podcast but for now understand that if you have tried something and it failed despite your best effort that can be really really painful and your ego is not going to be quick to forget that so rather than jump straight back in often what it will encourage us to do is to avoid that practice that exercise that subject matter entirely but as we've already discovered we need to see growth in our future so that is not a long-term strategy whilst it might be more comfortable to just avoid the other in the room ultimately as i've already said the shame is in the shadows and the breakthroughs in your embarrassment so being able to stare that down and say right it didn't go to the plan in the past why is that let's be scientific about it let's just pretend that we we iterated a hypothesis we ran the experiment and we didn't get the outcome that we hypothesized okay well that is what it is so now let's create a new hypothesis with the new information i'm about to give you and i can guarantee your next iteration will be exponentially more beneficial and more productive and will yield 10 times better results than anything you've done before whereby you haven't been informed. So now that we've covered off the four reasons as to why people typically avoid creating their vision or their massive transformational purpose, it's really important to understand why we're avoiding it. Because it's not that you don't want growth, it's not that you can't have it, it's not that you're not good enough, but as humans, we will typically avoid that which threatens our identity. So if, for an example, your identity is based on other people's perceptions of you, then obviously you're going to be concerned about other people's opinions of you. So if you were to change how you're turning up in the world, what you're going after, your goals, the way you communicate about them, etc., so on and so forth, then people's feedback to you is going to change. And if you've been using external validation to validate and verify who you are, then it's going to be an identity shift, which is threatening to who you are right now. And that's uncomfortable, that's uncertain. And it takes real bollocks and real courage to step away from who you think you are and let go of that in an effort to grab on to who you want to become. And if you're not in an environment psychologically or environmentally that supports that, that is ready for that, then you will just never let go. You will hold on to it. And you see this all the time. And again, I'm going to talk about this in the next episode in, in, in the series on self-sabotage. You know, people kind of want for a better life, for a bigger future, for more success, but they just struggle to let go of the people, the behavior, the environments, the habits that are holding them stuck in place. And this is what we refer to as a cognitive dissonance. And it's 
it's simply because they're avoiding that which threatens our identity. And the exact same is true if you failed at some point in the past as well. And I'm using failed for want of a better phrase here. If you've been unsuccessful in a past attempt. So let's say a year ago, you decided you were going to run an ultramarathon and you wrote that down. And that was a vision and that was a goal. And you trained, but you trained unsustainably. You did the best you could with the resources you had available and the information you had available at that time. But ultimately it was unsustainable. You overtrained, you you overexerted, underrecovered, you got niggles and injuries, and then essentially you had to withdraw from your preparations and weren't able to do it. That can feel somewhat embarrassing. That can feel somewhat painful. And that was a threat to your identity, which is, you know, you want to feel capable. You want to feel strong. You want to feel like you're hard to kill is, is how guys in the program want to feel. So you're going to avoid that again, moving forward. So what is is my role, a large part of my role for guys inside the program and, and for you on this podcast also, is to help you remove the perception of threat to your identity. And the way in which I ordinarily do that is I can begin to break things down and then install a process. Because when you take it away from being this enormous monument of difficulty, pain and challenge, and you begin to break it down into first principle reasons, and then you begin to add processes and frameworks and blueprints that I've used myself personally personally over the past sort of 15 years that I've helped thousands of men with now, you begin to realize, well, actually maybe it doesn't require the level of effort and sacrifice that I thought it would. And maybe there isn't such a huge time delay on this. Maybe we can actually expedite this process. And ultimately that's the value of coaching. You know, if someone's creating a mistake and then that's emotionally painful for them, so they don't try and repeat the process for another 12 months. And even then they do the same thing again. They haven't iterated whatsoever. It can take them three to five years to make one meaningful change in their life. Whereas if you've you know, had that, that, that shortcoming and then you're in an environment where people say, that's okay, that's fine. We encourage innovation. Now let's iterate on this and go again. And that's happening on a seven day or a 30 day cadence. Imagine how much more you're going to grow, develop and evolve and learn about yourself and the world around you, about how to thrive, about how to be better if that iteration is just happening so much more frequently. And that, that in itself is the value of coaching. Here's how I begin to make people feel like, right, right, let's, let's have another go. Let's have a crack at the whip. Let's create my vision. And this is how we do it. The first thing we need to take into consideration, it, as we've already touched on, is that creating a vision is somewhat intimidating. Even if you are relatively experienced in doing this kind of work, if you've been in therapeutic relationships, if you've done anything like this, it can still be quite intimidating. Talking about what you want is difficult for a number of reasons, but not least because the human mind kind of likes to operate within constraints and if you listen to former episodes of the podcast you know, on constraint-based thinking, you'll, you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about there and that'll resonate with you. When we just say, right, what do you want? It's too open-ended, it's too ambiguous. There's nothing really that we can anchor thoughts around in an effort to then you know, build frameworks and begin to, to think convergently or divergently about what it is that we want. So we need to begin with something like a constraint. So the quickest way to do this, the most effective way that I have found to do this is to invert the question. If you don't know what you want, well, let's start with what you don't want. And then we wanna begin to build in specificity because if you want to anchor information to this if you want to make it applicable if we want to make this actionable and we want to execute upon this then we need specificity we need a way in which we can apply it to your life so you can start with the question of well, what what don't i want like what am i not enjoying about my life right now and then you, you know in the program we typically go through our ipal model as an individual professional athlete and leader what do i not like about my life right now with you you could go through what in my body my brain my business what do i not like right now am i having um repeated thoughts of self-limiting beliefs 
just like, I can't do this. I don't fucking like that. You know, as a professional, am I coming up against this at work? And a lot of this will be how it's making you feel. So as an example, it could be the fact that you're working more than you want to and you're not spending enough high quality time with your children and then your wife has picked up on that and that's causing arguments at home. If you don't like that, write it down and get really, really specific. I hate it when I come in on a Friday night and you know, we haven't had a date night for two weeks and I haven't really spent enough time with the kids and we're already in bed and I know I've got work to do this weekend but I don't say it. Whatever it is, get really, really clear on what you don't want there as a professional. Maybe it's um, a little bit more than that. Maybe it's uh, you've got limiting beliefs around success and uh, I really want to go for this but I'm afraid of what people think and I'm sick of worrying about what people will think, etc. so on and so forth and really, really begin to flesh that out and you can even subdivide it further than that. Like in your social life, what don't you like right now? Is it, uh, I'm sick of being around people who only ever want to go out drinking at the weekends and if I try not to drink, they just give me shit for it and it's not even banter, it's just like almost genuine sly comments and attacks about the fact that I'm, I'm trying to improve my health and well-being. I'm sick of the fact I've got no one to talk to about like business growth or professional development, about training. I'm sick of the fact that even my training friends only ever want to run and you know I can't talk to them about other things I've got going in life with my family and my relationships. Maybe that could be what you're unhappy with your social life right now. You could then even begin to, to, to build out your, your training and your life. What are you unhappy with in your training? Like, like oh, I'm sick of going to the gym for fucking 10 hours a week and running really hard. I'm not getting notably fatter. Sorry, fatter? Hopefully not getting notably fatter. I'm not getting notably faster. I'm not getting considerably fitter. I don't really know what to track. And even if I did, I, I haven't been tracking consistently and I don't know how to make those numbers improve. I'm sick of being in my own head. I'm sick of second guessing and self-doubting and you know just going round and round in circles. I'm sick of starting again and starting this process and working really hard then realizing it's unsustainable, it's not working, then getting demotivated and falling off the wagon and then spending another six months just feeling like shit and overeating because I'm stressed about it and then going around on that cycle, I'm sick of that. Get really, really clear on what that cycle looks like to you and what I've just described, if I'm gonna be totally transparent, probably the case for about 97% of guys who reach out to work with me. That's very, very common. I'm a little bit maybe biased here, but I truly believe we're the best in the world at solving those problems. That's why those examples have so come so quickly to mind for me. It's also been me in the past, which again gives me kind of insider experience and uh, an ability to, to really touch those points very, very quickly because I've been there, I felt them, I've experienced them, and ultimately I've gone on to win. Get really, really clear on those. Now we know exactly what we don't want. You have to take responsibility for the fact that you've actually created those things in your life. And I have done that at some point as well. For as long as we blame other people, whoever we blame holds the power over us. If we're blaming our boss, if we're blaming our wife, if we're blaming our kids, our pet, trainer, whatever the fuck it is, if we're blaming those people, then we're giving them the power. So we have to accept responsibility that we have, or you have behaved your way off the green line. You haven't done this vision work for some time. So you haven't noticed that you're you're going quite far adrift and you've been making decisions maybe that align more with comfort than with growth. And this is subsequently where you're at. And that's okay. It's not then a case of judging and self-deprecating and criticizing. That is a useless fucking exercise. That is a, a bad investment of time and energy. And it is an absolute waste of your imagination to worry about what you've done wrong and why you're not good enough. However, we do have to take responsibility and say, right, well, that's on me. So now we understand what we don't want, what we don't like. We've now taken responsibility for the fact that we've actually been uh, complicit in creating that. And then we're going to write out, well, what behaviors and what habits do I currently demonstrate and what habits do I have 
that are contributing to this. So whenever you feel stressed, do you default to eating for comfort? Equally, if you feel stressed, do you default to not eating and just over-consuming caffeine, maybe even use nicotine, like vaping or smoking. When you feel stressed, do you have a tendency or predisposition to take it out on the wife? Or to bury your head in work because it's easier than going on going home to the conflict that's happening at home. Get very, very clear on what behaviors are you demonstrating that are actually contributing to the life that you say you don't want. And there'll be a many, there'll be a multitude. Again, with our training, if you're sick of not making any progress and things being cyclical and going around this vicious cycle, have you been trying to do it all yourself? Two, three, four, five years. Why have you not reached out for help? And if you've reached out for help in the form of a, a low cost PDF app or program, <laughs> please revisit my podcast episode on apps and cookie cutter templates for physical development. And you'll understand again, right? It's my responsibility because I tried to fix, you know, quite a, a, quite a large problem with uh, a, a tiny solution. I tried to fix an arterial bleed with a fucking elastoplast. Okay. And that's on me. And look at the behaviors that are conducive to living this life that you don't want in certain facets and certain elements. And I kind of want to give a bit of a caveat here. If you're listening to this, the chances are your world is not on fire. The chances are you aren't destitute. You're an absolute failure. You have no job. You've got minimal income. Your wife thinks you're fucking asshole and your kids don't love you. That's probably not the case. The chances are you're probably around about 60% of your true potential. However, you're tormented by the fact you know you can do be and achieve better. And that frustration between your reality and your expectation of yourself, that that discrepancy is what's frustrating you and what brought you here. So I just want to make sure that you understand. I don't think for a moment that any of you listening to this are a total destitute failure and that you're beyond hope. It's absolutely not the case. It's simply a case that with new levels come new devils. So now I've identified what we don't like about our life we've taken responsibility for certain elements of that and now we have to look even deeper still and say right if i'm behaving in this way what beliefs do i have about myself that are contributing to me behaving in this way so if for an example when you're stressed you typically turn to food unconsciously as a coping mechanism okay well what do you believe to be true was it that you grew up in a household like i did whereas if you got told off or if you've done really well food was offered in either case to make you feel better. Okay, so there might be that. And that's something that we can excavate and something that's actually relatively simple to, to, to look at and to fix. We could have beliefs about ourselves and our ability to achieve success. And when we're actually starting to do well, we then question our ability to do it and we become a victim of our own success. And we can't tolerate the boredom. So we get distracted and we start going after shiny objects. So maybe you're on a training program, it's actually working pretty well, but then you just get a little bit bored and disinterest because the results slow down, which they're actually kind of supposed to most often. They're the adaptation begins to, to occur and then you just jump onto the next program to the next to the next and is the belief that you have to tackle that you know there's always an opportunity that's better than what you're doing right now versus just being able to tolerate a little bit of boredom and again we can ask well what is it you're avoiding there when we look at the belief system level then it becomes really really easy for us to spot right well if we weren't to believe this if we were to believe the opposite then we can create a result that is the inverse to what you don't like so we've run the equation here's what you don't like here's how you're creating that and here's what you believe that creates that behavior so if you were to believe the opposite well you're going to get the opposite result and it literally is that simple in terms of becoming something like an architect to our own future and beginning to build out that vision because we now understand so we've got mental models and frameworks and bits of information from which we can then convergently think and bring things together and start to think right okay so what i'm going to do about this moving forward now i want to offer a bit of a caveat here because i did speak about belief systems and you know, maybe some stuff that's happened in the past the truth is the god's honest truth is i'm a huge advocate for therapy and the benefits that it can bring. If you have what we refer to as kind of pathological dysfunction, so you're really unhappy and it's more than just like a fleeting thing, you know, so it's more than if you just feel really low for a couple of weeks, you know, if it's going on for a little while, then you definitely need to be engaging in that kind of pursuit. 
However, in all other cases, I believe the past is only useful to the extent it can inform our future decisions. It actually becomes a form of procrastination in itself, looking at, well, why do I feel this way? Why do I behave this way? Okay, we quickly identify what it could be, but the fact of the matter is, do you want to change it? Yes. Will changing it be conducive with the future that you're aligned with? Yes. Okay, so let's just fucking change it. Okay, rather than worrying about what your father said to you on the 3rd of December, 1993, and how that's impacted you and created traumas, like, although that might be the case, Ultimately, it can become a little bit of mental masturbation going back and trying to put the, the past right when essentially it, it's, you're not actually ever going to be able to change your impact. Yes, you can change perspectives and yes, you can change how you think about it if it's really holding you back and it's causing you know impactful traumas on a long-term basis in your life and creating unhappiness. If that's the case, then absolutely. However, if like me, you're a little bit more action-oriented, a little bit more forward-focused and you want to create momentum in life, then let's take the lesson from it. Let's understand how it can inform our future decisions and how we ought to behave and what we need to do more of what we need to do less of or what we need to do differently and then let's fucking run forward with it okay let's create momentum rather than get bogged down in that kind of stuff now to recap we've run, run through why people tend to avoid vision hopefully one of those or many of those align with you and then i've essentially offered you a way in which you can start work on your vision and that is by identifying what you don't like what behaviors keep you stuck in place and what belief systems are contributing to that little stack of ch challenges right there so then we're going to invert it. So with all those things you wrote down that you don't like, and hopefully you spent sort of five, 10 minutes writing on that little footnote. If you didn't, fuck off and go and do it because there's absolutely no point in listening to this unless you can do the work. There we go. <laughs> if you've written those things down, then I want to begin to write the opposite. So if you don't like the fact that you work too long, too hard, and you get too caught up in other people's opinion of you at work and you get stressed out about it, which means you're not particularly present at home, you don't see enough of your children, you work over the weekends, your wife's digging you out for it, you become disconnected and it feels like you're just living in the same property now as opposed to man and wife then write out the total opposite that you want if you want to have your weekends back to yourself if you want to finish at a reasonable time if you'd like to have a date night every week with your wife if you'd like to fall back in love with your wife and have the relationship you had when you first got married if you want to get to know your kids better and contribute to that upbringing and take them out in the mountains if you want to be in better physical shape if you want to be in better shape than you were in your early 20s you want to be fitter stronger more robust you want to be holistically well-rounded whilst also you know doing this at work and that at work and, and getting the promotion and becoming a better leader to yourself, to your family, to your colleagues, to your co-workers, whatever it is. I encourage you to, to, after this episode, set a clock for 10 minutes and just write, just build the vision. Now, often your ego will get in the way here. And what I mean by that is the limiting beliefs will kick in because at listening to this, you're probably relatively high energy and relatively inspired. You think, yeah, it's incredible. I'm going to do that. I cannot wait. However, when you get the pen and paper out, you know, those limiting beliefs will re-enter the conversation. It's like, oh, well, you know, you can't move there because of this logistical thing and or you can't have that because you know you tried that last time it didn't work i want you to take that out of the equation even pretend you're writing this for somebody else okay just imagine they they have exact same situation exact same scenario but it's a different fucking name and you're writing it for them because we need to get your limiting beliefs out of the equation this is the reason why you can give other people astronomically useful phenomenally helpful life advice but you can't do it in the same way to yourself because the ego is blinding you from seeing part or all of the information so we need to remove those limiting beliefs so what i want to do is then write out exactly what it is you want and i would encourage you to dream big here and be absolutely shameless in your wants 
okay? If you want the new car, if you want the new iPhone, I'd encourage you to dream a little bit bigger than the iPhone, but you get the point. If you want that new car, if you want the new home, if you want to move to that new, uh, that different area of the world, that different country, if you want to completely leave your current career path and go and set up shop and do your own thing, I want you to dream big. That's the whole point of doing this, okay? If you dream small, you're not complying with that 4% stretch. And even if you're dreaming so big that it feels like it's way outside of that 4% stretch, well, then all we do is we keep the vision the same, but we will just play with the time parameters. You know, it's probably not feasible for you to, you know, leave your current job, set up a multi-seven-figure corporation business and move to the other side of the world inside 90 days. That's not realistic. But what elements of that could we work on in 90 days? So we can really push the vision out and then we can look at, well, what are the, the steps that are complicit with achieving that in the next 90, 37, one day, etc. So that's how we would do it. So don't worry too much about that. Just get your vision down on paper. And that can be exponentially powerful in the first instance. Now, when you're writing this, I want, again, for you to, to get your ego out of the way and I want you to write about what you truly, truly want in life, business, and relationships. And then what I want you to do is battle test these vision points because often we can, rightly or wrongly, we can be influenced by societal conditioning. You know, every day you're going to go through cities and city centers and you're going to log onto the internet and that's going to bombard you with information, with advertising about what you should want, what success would look like to you, so on and so forth. Whether it's, you know, do this race because your friends will think you're fucking mega whether it's uh, buy this house and people will think that you're rich whether it's buy this car and people will think you're really smart and powerful whatever it is you know there's always an implication of the marketing so the way in which you can test whether your vision is truly aligned with you is very very simple write your visions out and then just say to yourself if the world was blind would I still want these things? If Instagram didn't exist, would I still want these things? If I couldn't tell anyone, would I still want these things? And then you'll very quickly spot what is societal conditioning and what is egoic pursuit versus what is quote unquote spiritual, what is coming from within you, what is coming from the vision that you truly have for yourself and the life you want to lead. So for an example, if you're like, right, okay, I want a new Range Rover. And I said to you, right, would you still want that new Range Rover if the world was blind and no one could see that you had it and you couldn't tell anyone? And like, well, fuck no, the fuck in PCP payments at £1,200 a month. Why the fuck would I want that? Okay, cool. So you didn't really want it. You know, you just wanted the status that comes with that car. And that's absolutely fine. That's a normal part of, of the human psyche. However, it will mean you find it very, very difficult to commit to the actions required to stay the course and endure the pains required to, to get that goal because it's not really for you, it's just maybe seeped in from somewhere else. However, if someone said, you know, I, I really, really want, I want to run the, the London Marathon, I said, okay, cool. If there was no Instagram and you couldn't like check in and you couldn't tag yourself there and take a picture in front of the Virgin sign, all that stuff, would you still want to do it? And if the person comes back and says, well, yeah, like I'm actually not the kind of person who would talk about it anyway. I don't have social media and I really just wanted to do it for me because I want to see like, how I perform in the training phase and I want just that experience of crossing the finish line just to know that I've done it. Okay, brilliant. And that, that truly is for you. And it's not maybe about the actual marathon, about the outcome itself. It's that process that's aligned with a deeper part of you that you are obviously aligned with with, uh, with self-mastery and, and physical fitness and well-being and pushing yourself and getting the reward from that. That's, that's safe to say that's quite truly aligned with you. And that is what you can use as the most accurate bullshit buster something like a meter stick for whether you're like your, your, your vision is more egoic and it's just crept in and we're just you know, shouting things out because we think it sounds good or whether we're truly aligned with doing it so i want to recap and tie a bow around this episode to begin with, we started with the four reasons as to why people tend to avoid doing the vision work, but ultimately how catastrophic that is for your growth, your psyche, and your future. And then we went through how you can actually invert the question of what you want to create 
anchor points from which you can gain information, from which we can then begin to build upwards about what we do want. And then we begin to flesh out what we do want. We begin to talk about what life we want professionally, individually, athletically, and as a leader. And then we begin to battle test that and say, well, how do we know if that's authentic or if that's not? So once you have all those things, it's simply a case of reverse engineering. It's that simple. We begin to backcast. Okay, so if I want to be there, I'm at that time horizon. I'm going to take my ego out of the equation. When do I need to be here? 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 Then all you have to do is simply install a strategy, install accountability, and add some fucking self-belief. And I categorically guarantee you will create a greater vision than you ever have, and you will iterate more success than maybe you've had to this point in your life. Let me know how it goes.